It is Monday, November 14th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is along for the ride as well. Yeah, dude, you look like you're about to shoot some sort of modeling ad. You, you know, you're, yeah, you do. You what? look like um, for like winter wear and stuff, you know. Keep going. What else? I, I don't know. I do look good today. I don't know. The light's coming in here like just perfectly. It's natural light, so it's yeah. helping my skin out a little bit on camera. See, That's Rose, I'm so it. happy to see you, man. You know, baseball today has not been going every day because it's I the know. off season, so it's it's absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's what they tell me. So here me. we are, and let's discuss some great baseball topics because – even though it's the offseason, there's a lot of stuff going on. There is. There is. And I guess that's the benefit of doing this every few days. So it's almost like not baseball today, but it's baseball every few days today. Hey, you look good, too. Not really. Tired, ready for my back surgery. We'll get that going, and I'll see you guys shortly. But uh, Monday kicks off awards week around Major League Baseball. They'll hand out American and National League award winners. Monday, it's Rookie of the Year. Tuesday, it's Manager of the Year. Cy Young handed out on Wednesday and Thursday, the MVP. So out of those eight awards, right, there's four awards. It goes to each league. Which race, in your opinion, is going to be the tightest one? I just spoke to the people before this about the awards. I don't think there's many close races in this. I think there's kind of one, maybe two. And I think we're going to talk about the same one here, that rookie of the year in the national league between the two guys in Atlanta. And we've had a little bit of precedent set already. Like in my opinion, when guys are this close, which Harris and Strider are, I think you have to side with the everyday player. The problem is Strider was just so dominant. One of my favorite pitchers to watch in all of the baseball and the precedent that has been set. See Rosie. There's been like the Sporting News Award, and they went with Strider. And the Player's Choice Award, they went with Strider. So if you look in Vegas, the favorite right now is Harris. Everything's up in the air. No one knows what's going to happen. If it's my vote, I'm leaning Harris just because I think an everyday player means more. Well, yeah, I think we both agree that this is going to be the tightest of the eight races. Um, It's interesting because – they both kind of put their stamp on this team and the national league beginning in late May. I mean, Strider had been around, but he was kind of a bullpen piece. Then they moved him to the rotation and then he took off, right? He, he uh, was one of 11 pitchers to strike out at least 200 hitters, but he had about 35 fewer innings than the next closest guy who had 200 strikeouts. And that was Shohei Otani. So really an amazing job by him. But as for Harris, he did it on both sides of the ball, right? OPS uh, in the mid 800s played gold glove type center field out there, gave them some stability and some pop from the left side of the dish. Uh, I would vote Harris by a small margin, but I think Strider ends up winning this one by a razor thin margin. I, I can see it going either way. Here's my point and I guess counter to why I think Harris should win. Strider has benefited from Harris's strong defense in center field. Yes, I know he's a strikeout pitcher, but Harris has helped him out. So in that aspect, I think you kind of just kind of push it towards that everyday player. Maybe I'm biased, Chris. Maybe. But uh, real quickly, why don't we just do our votes? Um, Rookie of the year, Harris for both of us. Well, I think Strider's going to win. Who do you think is going to win? If we're going by who we think is going to win? 
Yes. I think they're going to confuse everyone. I think Harris does one. How about that? Okay, good. American League, uh, J-Rod? Yes. Right? Okay, we both agree there. Managers of the year. I haven't even given that any thought. I got to be honest uh, with you. Okay. Well, I think I think it's Buck based on what he did. Um, okay. I think he beats out Dave Roberts in that category. In the American League, I do think that Brandon Hyde gets it, although I'm not Dusty? being biased here. Uh, no, no, he was. I don't think he was up for it. it was, oh, really? No, it was Hyde, Terry Francona, and Scott Service. I told you I haven't been paying attention. Yeah. How about Cy Young? Did you pay attention to those? Sure. Sandy? Sandy and, and Justin. And Verlander. And then MVP, Judge, and Goldschmidt? Yeah, but I mean, I, you know how I feel about the MVP right. award in the American League, but I, yeah, I think Judge is going to run away with it, seeing what's happened uh, in, on the precedents and set there. But yeah, Goldie in, in the National League as well. Okay, there you go. Those are our award winners, but we'll check back at the end of the week. Uh, you mentioned Dusty Baker, who is not up for manager of the year, but he did finally get to lift that commissioner's trophy as a world champion. He is back to Houston on a one-year deal. However, James Click, the GM, is out after refusing a one-year deal of his own. How big a deal is this? I don't think it's that big of a deal when you're talking about the future of the Houston Astros. I think it's a it's a decent sized story if you just kind of look at it from an outsider's perspective. You're like, this guy has done really well in his trades and and the Astros play on the field. Obviously, coming off a World Series a series title, but in the end, we're dealing with human beings here. So Crane, the owner, he's very much involved, and you know, I think there's. And I don't know this, but it seems to me like behind the scenes, there was probably some stuff going on. And if Crane doesn't like you or like he had a spat and he's decided to move on, guess what? He can move on. Now he offers him the one-year deal. Obviously, that's not really enough for Click to, to stick around. I think he kind of knew that. So again, I don't think this affects the Astros. I think there's some people out there that can go get – and they kind of keep the train moving here. It's just an interesting thing. I think it just has has to deal with like relationships and and just being human. How about that? Yeah, I mean, that's it exactly. And by the way, it's very difficult to tell billionaires what to do. Just is, doesn't really work out. Does this turn into, does Jim Crane turn into the Jerry Jones of the baseball world? I don't know, but he is a former college pitcher. Um, And so he, probably feels like he understands the sport much better than 29 other owners out there. And yeah, I would tip my cap to him in that area. Um, everything you read from a, a ball player standpoint makes it sound like he is an outstanding owner, right? I mean, he spends money, he gives them what they need. He treats them well. You really won't find a lot of ball players in that clubhouse. That'll say anything bad about their, their owner. Um, this is a personality and a philosophical difference. And I understand that. And for people that say, well, what did James Click do? I mean, this was really Jeff Lunau's team. Yes, he put about 70% of the World Series roster together. But something that James Click did was build this entire bullpen, essentially. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think they traded for Presley before uh, Click got there. But the rest of it, a lot of it is his doing. And that was impressive. Uh, the guy obviously knows what he's doing. I just think that. To me, the biggest question is, does Jim Crane strictly hire a yes man from here on out? That's the only part of the equation that would worry me. It's either that or someone that he feels like 
he respects. Do you know what I mean? Like if you mm-hmm. lose respect for someone or or you just have a disagreement and that's lingering, it's it could it can grow into something you don't want it to be. And I think that's coming from a crane perspective right there. Like, yeah, he wants to be involved and he can do whatever he wants. So essentially, Chris, I think he he probably does kind of want a yes man. Or like I said, someone who he respects like greatly. Maybe a David Stearns type, although I think th- they were saying Milwaukee's not going to let him interview or do anything because he still has a year left on his contract. Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, it'll be a fascinating story to keep an eye on. No question yes. about it. Uh, believe it or not, check the calendar. We're like six weeks away from the holiday season. So if you're thinking, my God, I don't know what to get for somebody special, or somebody I really love in my life. Well, that's where Vincero Collective can help out for a limited time only you're going to get 20% off and free shipping site-wide with the exclusive code today at vincerocollective.com. In fact, I am wearing my Vincero watch. It's one of those that you can dress down or dress up and you feel great about it. They offer multiple attractive designs for the modern individual. They're made with surgical grade stainless steel, durable silicon, and genuine Italian marble straps. Mm. Love these things. Watches offer traditional, automatic, and Japanese quartz movements as well. In addition to the watches, Vincero just launched their commuter bag. This is the ultimate travel bag specifically designed for somebody who likes to look good while on the move. So if you're feeling confident and you love to have something that you desperately need, go get that commuter bag. Go get yourself a watch. Uh, And don't just take our word for it. Over 30,000 five-star reviews. They've been named GQ's go-to brand for premium lifestyle accessories. So go use the code word today at VinceroCollective.com. That is V-I-N-C-E-R-O Collective.com. Use the code word today. And I'm talking about a big time savings. It's 20% off and free shipping site-wide. So go do your holiday shopping right about now. Speaking of doing some shopping, the New York Yankees, who were swept in the ALCS, I'm sure they'll be doing some work in the free agent market. But, of course, the big question is, will Aaron Judge return to the boogie down? Well, Meredith Morakovitz of Yes Network had a sit-down with the owner. Here's what he said about his relationship with Aaron Judge. I have had more than one conversation with Aaron since the season ended. I'll leave it at that. Very positive conversation. Do you feel confident that he is going to wind up in pinstripes. I have made it clear to him that is that is our wish. He means a lot to this organization, and I've made it clear to him we're going to do everything we can to, to make that happen. I have to start with this. Hal Steinbrenner sounds exactly like the voice of George Steinbrenner in Seinfeld. If you ever listened, remember George Costanza was like the assistant to the traveling secretary or whatever. And the voice of George Steinbrenner, he sounds exactly like the voice from the show. Go find a clip on YouTube and listen to it. I I can't help every time I close my eyes and hear that. But what do you think about what he said? I was kind of reading the body language right there a little bit. I don't know Hal's demeanor necessarily. I haven't spent a lot of time around him or actually any time around him, to be honest with you. But I didn't. That didn't seem like a confident man right there, uh, talking about resigning Aaron Judge. Although I do believe he does end up back with the Yankees, uh, but he's going to entertain other offers, and that's the Yankees are going to have to like go above and beyond to get this guy because there are a couple organizations that are going to do that. Like I think the Mets are going to make a play. I think the Giants are going to make a play. 
I think the Dodgers could throw their hat in the ring. Like there are just, there are teams out there who obviously covet this guy and the Yankees it's too perfect of a marriage for them not to just go out and keep him in pinstripes. You, you have to do that and you have to act like the Yankees. I think I know that's, that's kind of a vague statement, but I, I think it holds true here. You can't let this guy, a homegrown talent, just walk, you know, a, a, across the neighborhood here or across the country. Like you got to keep him in the Bronx. Um, and I think they will, but that body language as of right now, not so confident. Is there any other team where Aaron judge would be at least as valuable as he is to the New York Yankees? Like if he came to the Dodgers, I think it would be a nice luxury for them, but I think that they could win 111 games in the regular season with or without him and come playoff time. It feels like such a coin flip at times that I don't know if he would make a huge difference. He could get smoking hot or he could be ice cold like he was at times during the playoffs this year. So is there another franchise? Is it San Francisco where they say, hey, listen, we went from 107 wins to a 500 team. He would put asses in the seats and he would put wins on the board for us. Yeah, I think he makes a lot of sense for San Francisco and they've been very vocal about their, you know, desire for him. So he's a game changer, Chris. I mean, look at his year he had. Like it was absolutely incredible. The offensive output is matched by nobody in the league right now. So it's he's a game changer for a lot of teams. I think the Yankees know that. They know their suitors out there and he's just going to have to open up the freaking checkbook, dude. Let me throw this one at you. Okay. If he goes from the Bronx to Queens, does he flip the interest level in the squads? Does, do the New York Mets become the bigger ticket in town than the New York Yankees? I think, I mean, I don't know the dynamic there that much. You know, I'm in LA, so I can kind of think about it that way. The Clippers have been a better team than the Lakers a lot. But yep, the Lakers are still the draw no matter what. And I think there's still a little bit of that in New York where the Yankees mm-hmm. are the Yankees. And they still have some pieces there. Obviously, Garrett Cole's there. He he be is the face there if Judge leaves. He's already kind of the face. And they'd be able to be a competitive team. So I don't think it completely flips. And now all of a sudden, the Mets are the talk of the town, although they will be the talk of the town. So I don't even know what I'm saying. Well, I think that they would be the talk of the season. I sure. mean, obviously, you can't measure – there is no fair fight in terms of championships and world series appearances and tradition and history there. None of that would change. We understand that, but in terms of just interest in the team and the storyline in 2023, I could see it flipping. Yes. I I don't think the Mets are on the same level as the Clippers are in LA. Am I wrong about that? They're, they're, they're at a higher level than that. Right. Because the Clippers have never advanced past like the semifinals the conference semifinals, yeah. let alone won anything. They that's, haven't been to that, a conference finals, I think. That's just the analogy that I have because I yes, see but that. but it's a good dynamic. one. Yeah. I think that's a good one. That's a good one. By the way, my gut tells me that he returns as well. Is there a two or a three at the beginning of his contract? Oof. What are they out from? Seven years, 213. Two, 213. I think there could still be like a high two. There, I think I think he wants somewhere closer to like 37, 38, pushing like that. And that same time frame is still under 300 million. Yeah, I believe. I think it's probably 280 ish. 
That's what I would say. You want to know something funny? Uh His agent is like my dad and my uncle like grew up with this guy. And like, I, I almost went with him out of high school. I I signed with CAA and or not CAA, my agent now instead, but Paige Odell could have been my agent too. Wow. Maybe I'll break the news. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I would actually play for a cut of the pie instead of breaking the news, but that's me. <laughs> uh, John Paul Morosi um, says that the Cubs have made contact with each of the big four free agent shortstops. Do you think one of them lands on the north side of Chicago? I think there's a chance. Uh, the problem with that is there's a lot of suitors for these top shortstops. And I know they're going to cost a lot of money, but the teams, the organizations that need shortstops right now, I mean, there's some players out there. San Francisco has constantly said, we are here to spend money. So San Francisco, Atlanta, the Dodgers, Seattle, Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia. I mean, there's a, a laundry list of teams that are looking for these shortstops that can spend money. I think Chicago is a desired destination. Uh, they will have to show these guys like a, a path to getting back to the playoffs and being competitive again, because some of these other organizations aren't going to have to do that. It's plug in, let's go. We're going to the playoffs no matter what. And then when you get to this point and you're one of these guys, that's all you want. So they're going to have to throw the money out there, which I think they could do, uh, but they're also going to have to prove that hey, we're going to be in the playoffs while you're here. Yeah, unless you've already won, which all four of these shortstops have done. I mean, they've yeah, all won they, They've they're all gonna, won rings. They're going to come in long contracts. You don't want to just go right away somewhere. You don't. I, I Especially know. if the money is similar. So, okay, let me, um, let me rephrase, Your Honor. Unless they've already won and could have an early opt-out. Okay. Right? Because we saw that last year with Marcus Stroman going to Chicago. You know, he had early, it was a three-year deal, but it was early opt-outs. And the Cubs don't have a lot of money tied up. You know, yeah. Hayward, even though they're moving on from him, they still have to pay him for this year. Stroman, uh, I think that there's like either a team option or whatever it is for after next season. Uh, but there's a lot of young guys and Hap is a free agent after this year. So we'll see. I mean, it's amazing that they didn't re-sign one, they didn't extend one of their big dudes that helped them get that 2016 World Series, right? They didn't, they traded them all or let them walk in the case of Schwarber. So, so they've got all this money to play with. My guess is that they, they tell the fan base, yes, we made a play for all these guys. Yeah. And they end up getting a Dansby Swanson, who is an excellent baseball player, excellent baseball player. But in terms of the wow factor, he feels like the fourth guy on that list, doesn't he? Uh, I don't know, man. Like he he has his moments, dude, and I think he's he's a hell of a ball player. The, the thing that they have to think about too is they they plugged in Nico Horner there this year, and he had a good year. I mean, he was well, really good defensively. Around, you can move him around, sure. I think they want to make a splash here, but it's going to be tough for them. I give them like a. 30% chance to land one of these guys because That's pretty decent. Yeah. I, well, I think they're going to make a play. I just think that Philly is going to 100% get someone. I don't know if Atlanta is going to like, I think, I don't know. I, I just don't see them going out and getting one of these guys. Uh, You know, the Dodgers could or could not enter the fray. And one of these guys, I think they might actually. So that just, I mean, I, I don't know, man. 
I don't By think they way, end up with one of them. Me saying that Dansby Swanson is the least wow factor is not a shot at Dansby Swanson. I just believe in that much in the other guys. I mean, I put Correa and, and Turner high, high on the list. Xander Bogart's not nearly as good defensively as Dansby Swanson, but there have been few hitters that have been more consistent than that guy in the last eight or nine years. You think Boston so. just he, they just moved Story over to short, right, and and figure second so. base out? I think so. I think that's the way okay. they go. All right, all right, Cubs. Yes. All right, Cubs. Finally, uh, awesome story about a 92-year-old grandmother, a huge Phillies fan, who got a pillow embroidered with a picture of Brandon Marsh on it. She is all smiles. If you're just listening today on the podcast version, go check out our YouTube page or spin that. Go find it for yourself on social media. It's it's hilarious. It's amazing. They actually reached out to Brandon Marsh via social media and said, we'd love to have you sign it. And he's like, absolutely, I'll make that happen. So do you have a prize baseball possession of yours like this lady has of the pillow of Brandon Marsh? I do. And I first I want to say that me and grandma here are on the same page. You guys see right above my shoulder there, my Chris Archer pillow. That's hilarious. And right. he signed it. I'm a big pillow uh, a guy, apparently. So me and Graham's shout out. We're the first. Let's start a club, a pillow club. How about that? The but I did bring pillow. my prize possession out. And I've spoken about this club, I think, before. This oh, is a beautiful Joe Mauer gold glove with the seven right there. It's beautiful. And it may or may not be one of the last catcher's gloves he ever used. That's pretty good. And even if I didn't play with Joe Maurer, he would still be like an idol of mine just because of the person that he is. Anyone that meets him knows what I'm talking about. So awesome. I really appreciate that. Um, I've told you before about the Willie Mays signed jersey that I got when I was hosting Best Damn. That thing was unreal. I cannot for the life of me right now. Let me see if it's in here. I don't think so. Uh, is it in here? Oh, wait. Wait. Rose is looking through uh, a box. Wait. Uh, is that it? Hold on. Okay, we're what? we're waiting for you. Here it is. Okay, I got it. I found it. Todd Frazier came on uh intentional talk when the All Star Game was in Cincinnati, and we might as well have had the show on the sun it was so hot in july in cincinnati it's just ungodly there so frazier comes over wearing one of these awesome with your face on the uh on the wristband sort of deal and he's wearing it and he go he looks at me as we're live on air and he's like rosie you okay man you are sweating your balls off and i was like dude i'm hurting so i grabbed his wrist and i wiped my face with the sweatband while it was on his wrist and he's like you could have it dude yeah. So he gave it to me. So here it is. I love that. He's like, your and, disgusting sweat. Get off of me. And by the way, definitely haven't washed it since I uh, sweated <laughs> right through that thing. What was that? 2014 or 15 or something like that. Sounds oh, right. 14 sounds about right. Oh, that is gross. All right. So I had it tucked away. There's my artifact. Um, okay. Let's see here. What do we got going? Uh, we will be having baseball today later in the week. I will not be there. I'm having back surgery on Tuesday. Fingers crossed. All will be well. And hopefully I will return next week for our Thanksgiving day. And not day, but Thanksgiving week shows. Sound good enough? Sounds good. I think we'll do Friday. We'll put it out on socials, though. Okay. Well, Can I you look do one forward thing to seeing... for me? Yeah. One more thing for me. Yeah. 
Turn that hat backwards and give me the Fred Durst, please. Just give it to me. Yes. It's your Fred Durst for you. I needed There's that. It's Monday, bro. A little, little pick-me-up. I'm happy to have helped out for our one of a kind producer, Dan Rourke and the amazing Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Thanks for joining us here on baseball today.